Good evening, ghouls and ghoulettes, and welcome to Killer Horror Critic, the podcast worth dying for. Hosted by the Killer Horror Critic himself, this is the show where guests from all over the horror spectrum join to talk about some of their favorite horror films. So get snugged under the covers, grab a cuddly puppy, and prepare for tonight's blood-curdling episode of Killer Horror Critic. Good evening, horror fans, and welcome to another episode of Killer Horror Critic. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Chris. And this is a podcast where my wife and I critique and argue over horror films, a couple of weirdos at the bar. So maybe we never quite enlighten you. Maybe we never blow your mind. Maybe we never infest your body with blood-sucking vines <laughs> <laughs> as you scream in agony trying to pull them out. <laughs> but hopefully you just have a good time listening. So tonight we are wrapping up our Body Horror Month. And if you haven't already guessed, we are doing that with the 2008 film, The Ruins. So this was directed by Carter Smith, who uh, got his start in fashion photography and commercials, as many directors do. The Ruins was actually his debut feature, which I personally think it's quite impressive for having been a first film. He also did the queer slasher episode of Into the Dark Midnight Kiss, uh, which I mixed on, but I enjoyed it overall. And he also has a film that he just did, which I caught at a festival recently, called Swallowed, which is very good. I, I won't get into details here for fear of spoiling it, but I loved it. Was you know I had one small issue with it, but otherwise was very into it. And let's see, the film was written by Scoppy Smith, based off his novel of the same name. Uh, he also wrote the book A Simple Plan, as well as the script for that adaptation, which was directed by Sam Raimi, stars Bill Paxton, Billy Bob Thornton, and Bridget Fonda. So uh, that that's a novel that I highly recommend you read. It's an excellent book. Oddly, you know, Scott Smith hasn't written a ton of novels. I kind of wish he had, had done more up to this mm-hmm. point because he's a fantastic writer. I've loved everything I've read of his. Uh, he just doesn't. You, you know, just he's kinda, want more. Well, he's kind of like George R. R. Martin in a sense. You know, it feels oh. it feels like he takes a while to really get them out. But once but once he does, they tend to be pretty damn good. So, mm. so worth the wait. <laughs> worth the wait. And let's see. The film also stars uh, Jenna Malone as Amy, who started as a child actress in the film Bastard Out of California. Uh, she wanted to do films like Contact, Donnie Darko, Sucker Punch. Uh, she also appeared in the film I just mentioned, Swallowed, and is excellent in that. It has Jonathan Tucker as Jeff, who uh, also appears in the 2003 remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, he's in the 2006 remake of Pulse, which is not very good, <laughs> but he's in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So know? there's that. So there's that. And let's see, it has Laura Ramsey as Stacy, who appears in the 2005 film Venom, so not the... <laughs> Not the superhero movie with Venom, <laughs> who is my favorite Spider-Man character personally, but the 2005 Venom, which was directed by the I Know What You Did Last Summer director, Jim Gillespie. She also appears in The Covenant, uh, No One Lives. Uh, unfortunately, it hasn't worked since 2015. I don't really know what's up with that. Because <laughs> uh, I think she's a talented actress, you know, so it's kind of that's kind of unfortunate. 
And then lastly, it has Sean Ashmore as Eric, who is arguably the most successful of the bunch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he got his start in made-for-TV movies as a kid, did a bunch of them. Uh, and then this film and many others, uh, probably most notable for his appearance in pretty much all of the X-Men movies. <laughs> Iceman. Uh, Ice, as Iceman, Ice yeah. And let's see. So, and, and for those that haven't seen The Ruins, you know, this film's basically about a group of American tourists who basically sort of hitch a trip, I guess you could say, with someone they meet at the pool at their hotel to these ancient Mayan ruins. And once they get there, they discover that the... Well, once they get there, uh, they are surrounded by a group of Mayan villagers who force them onto the ruins. And they eventually discover the reason for that is because the ruins are infested with <laughs> blood-sucking vines that <laughs> that you just don't want to be getting anywhere near. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shit just goes sideways real fast. Shit goes sideways real, real fast in this. Uh, so let's see. The film is streaming on HBO Max. We are going to be spoiling everything we can with this, so I highly recommend you check it out there. It's streaming on HBO Max as of the time of this recording. Uh, but first, we have our brief little bit of spoiler-free content, and so we'll let you know we're getting into spoilers. But so just as usual, uh, start off with the tagline versus the film here, just tagline what we think of the movie overall. So the tagline for The Ruins was, Terror has evolved. <laughs> so what do you think of the tagline, and what do you think of The Ruins overall? <laughs> Okay. I think that's a terrible tagline. It's not great. It's not great. Um, I don't think it goes with the movie that well. Before we get into the movie, though, I would just like to say that I have survived Body Horror Month, and I'm very proud of myself for that. And it wasn't <laughs> as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the thing about body horror is that, yes, it's cringy. Yep. It makes you squirm. It gets under your skin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dork. Um, <laughs> it, it does all of that, you know. But the thing about it is that, like, body horror inherently tends to be pretty effective yep. and, and well done, you know, because it, it, it's always dealing with these elements of, uh, of movie, or it's always dealing with these elements of fears that we deal with every day, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think because of that, body horrors tends to be very effective. So like, even if you're not into body horror, usually these movies affect you and they stick yep. with you yep they're always so. gonna creep you the fuck out yeah exactly <laughs> and, and, and and you know for the most part if anyone's attempting body horror they tend to be done with some pretty decent effects which i think is always fun too so. yeah i mean that's one of the things that i really like about this film i mean i liked the ruins a lot despite the fact that i don't think that the characters are the best people but i think that works mm. um, I, I think that works very well for the movie yeah but for me I, I think the thing i like about the ruins is this movie is kind of like bonkers like when you step back from it and you look at like all the weird shit that happens in this movie like it does not make any sense whatsoever and they never try to explain it and it's really effective and it's really creepy and i think this film is awesome despite the fact that i cringed and curled into our dog multiple well, times well i wouldn't say the film doesn't make sense i actually think that for the most part it makes pretty good sense you know i mean like anything okay, those you can... plants don't make sense like, well, do they or don't they, you know? I mean, you say they don't make sense, but this is dealing in a world where those plants exist, you mm -hmm. know? We're not given a reason for that. Just because there's not a reason doesn't mean it can't 
be the truth. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like anything, you can nitpick things away to make it not make sense. But I think The Ruins actually does a really good job of just giving you exactly what you need. Mm -hmm. You know, not over-explaining anything. Which I love. and, and, And just kind of letting it work as it does, you know. And... And no, yeah, I mean, The Ruins really blew me away when I saw it. So I, you know, I, I consider this film to be very underrated, especially once we get to our poll results later. But, uh, like, I consider this film to be very un- underrated because, you know, I, I saw this before I read the book. And it, so I had no idea what to expect going into The Ruins. And it came out around this time of what I've sort of dubbed the... Uh, American tourists fuck around and find out <laughs> genre. <laughs> uh, you know, it came out around a time where that was sort of like really prominent. Mm-hmm. And I don't quite remember what started that, you know, so I could be wrong about saying, you know, maybe Eli Ross Hostel kind of inspired this sort of movement. Maybe something happened before that that I don't quite remember off the top of my head. But I mean, you had movies like that, Teristas, you know, like there, there's this whole just segment of american tourist fucking up (laughs) uh subgenre and horror that was really popular in the 2000s and and so you know the ruins kind of came out kind of like towards the middle end you know so like not necessarily the end of it but kind of like right you know and right around the middle somewhere and anyway um you know, I just went into it not really having any idea of what to expect. And like you said, it's bonkers. Like yeah. this movie. In the best co- way. In the best way. This movie continuously throws you for a loop where like you just <laughs> do not expect most of what happens in it. Yes. And it just it just escalates to become more and more and more terrifying. You know, yeah, which you really don't expect because like it escalates really quickly, like from the get go. And so you're like, oh, OK, we've reached the peak. And this movie is just kind of like. Oh no, you haven't seen shit yet. Yeah, no, it, it's it's an extremely frightening movie. I mean, again, it came out in 2008. You know, this was the period too of like just really intense, gory, no holds barred horror, you know? Yep. Like a lot of people shit on the 2000s. And the more I look back on it, the more I'm like, that was actually a great decade of horror. <laughs> because <laughs> I think you're just like a contrarian where you're like, you don't like this this era of horror Uh, fuck you guys i think it's amazing well i am a bit of a contrarian (laughs) i tend to be that way but (laughs) but i do think but but i think that part of that is because we always love to hate on things in the moment Mm -hmm. and it and it really takes like (laughs) it really takes like self-introspection to look back and be like you know what it's not as bad as i said (laughs) like like it it takes a lot to actually be able to admit that you were wrong about something and and I think that a lot of us are kind of coming around to that. Those of us that, you know, went through the 2000s uh, <laughs> at a time where we were judging everything. And <laughs> and I feel like the more I look back on it, the more I'm like, that was a very intense decade of horror. Where like, not everything was great, obviously. It never is. You know, no decade has every movie yeah. is amazing. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. Um, and of course, there were a lot of remakes and sequels and people give it crap for that. But... But I think the more I look back on it, the more I'm like, you know what? A lot of those were pretty decent. And a lot of the movies that were coming out around them, pretty great. So, <laughs> uh, and, and The Ruins is one of those. It's just a film that I think really sticks with you and you don't forget it once you've seen it. Like, even if you don't love it, you know, there are just things in this movie that I think sit with you where someone mentions The Ruins, you're like, oh, shit, yeah, that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's definitely scenes from this that I am not forgetting anytime soon. And on that note, before we move into spoilers, I will say also that the book is great. I highly recommend reading it. Although, just be prepared for those that have already seen The Ruins. 
the book is very different. <laughs> How so? And without spoiling anything, <laughs> I will just say that the even even all the way down to like the which characters survive and when they die is all completely different. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it, it's almost kind of like I, I've never heard Smith talk about this movie, so I don't know what his reasoning was. But it's almost kind of like Smith looked at doing the script for this and was like, you know what? I don't want to just do the same story again. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to do it a little bit differently, you know? And, and like, you know, it's like the alternate universe uh, <laughs> version of the ruins. And so it's kind of like, you know, it's almost like playing the query, the game, where you make different <laughs> choices along the way and different characters survive. You know, it's kind of like, you know, he was just like, fuck it. I want to I do it this way this time. And yeah, I respect it, that. That's awesome. Yeah, so, so it, it all kind of happens very differently, which is really fun. So, so I would say, like, if you've seen the movie, definitely check out the book and, and vice versa. You know, they're both so different that you kind of get a little bit different of a story. But anyway, um, so we are moving into the spoilers now. So, again, if you have not seen the film, it is streaming on HBO Max. Check it out there. And if you don't have HBO Max, I think it's worth your rental dollars. I think Chris yep. does, too, even Definitely. though she hates body horror. <laughs> <laughs> so, so check it out there. But all right, so getting the spoilers. So let's just – you mentioned earlier that the characters are awful. <laughs> yeah, they kind of are. They're kind of spoiled, selfish Americans. So let's talk about that. Well, how do you feel about the way this film portrays them and why? <laughs> I I feel like this film – Okay, so as a Midwesterner, because we find out at the end that Jeff is from Illinois, so I... He, very, he makes it damn clear that he is from <laughs> Illinois. Yes, I am. So for me, like, watching this movie as, like, a fellow Midwesterner, I feel like this movie does such a great job of kind of, like, capturing American entitlement, especially when it comes to, like, tourism and how they kind of view stuff. Um, and I think you have the really, like, iconic line that Jeff has that I think, like, sums it up when they're all on the top of the, the top of the pyramid and they're freaking out about being surrounded and how are they going to escape this. And pretty much everybody wants to make a run for it except for Jeff, who's pretty much just like, no, we're going to stay here because somebody's going to come for us. And he has kind of that iconic line of... Um, Four Americans on vacation don't just disappear. <laughs> Such like, a fucking privileged American right? thing to say. <laughs> and he's like, this just doesn't happen. He's very convinced that because they're American, there's some kind of privilege. And just like, motherfucker, you went to another country. Nobody gives a shit about your white ass. I mean, I think that, you know, I think that right there, that that line itself mm. is is the crux of what I both love and what annoys me about the movie is that, <laughs> and, and when I say annoys me about the movie, not as a criticism, but mm -hmm. just as like, every time I watch this, I'm like, God, these fucking people, you know, Fuck these guys, but, but in a way where like the movie's doing it intentionally, you know, it mm -hmm. wants you to feel that way. And, and like that line is just, it's so, it's just the perfect little piece <laughs> <laughs> of what the film is trying to say about Americans, which we are, privileged fucking pieces of shit yeah <laughs> and and i mean like this you know i won't name names here okay i'm trying to get better at not referencing who these people are in my life um but i know people let's say who are very close to me who you know who have feelings about things like when when i go to spain it's such bullshit that like the menu isn't in english you know or <laughs> Or something like that. Like, Americans are so fucking privileged and so brainwashed 
yep. by this country into thinking we're the greatest country in the world and when we are in fact not no. by many <laughs> many measures you know we're so brainwashed by that that it's like everywhere we go there's this entitlement that we feel like we're better yeah you know, we're better somehow <laughs> don't mess with america we're better than you you know four americans <laughs> don't just go to another country and disappear that just doesn't happen oh but if you come to fucking america you will disappear <laughs> motherfuckers no we won't give a shit because you're not it's american like, well it's just it's just like what a fucking pompous ass little bitch boy thing to say yep. To think that you can go anywhere in the world and nothing bad's going to happen to you. Yep. You know? <laughs> well, like, and it's the thing. I really love when we get that line because that line's about, like, midway through the movie. But the movie's done a really good job of kind of setting up how all of these characters kind of embody, like, the different levels of entitlement that, like, Americans can really have with this stuff. Mm. Um, like, you've got, you've got Stacy has a one-off line kind of in the beginning that kind of shows just the fact that Americans think that wherever they go isn't as good as America. Because she has that line when they're drinking by the poolside where she won't drink the margaritas because she swears there's feces in the water and everything's contaminated. And it's like, it's what I love about this movie is that it captures stuff with those little lines about just the the normality that we kind of view this entitlement when we go to other countries. Like these four fucking kids, they're in Mexico that mm. has like this amazing rich heritage that we don't have in America because America fucking sucks and we don't have any culture. <laughs> I don't. I disagree that we okay. don't have any culture. Oh, we do I have just, some. I just think that our culture sucks. It does. <laughs> um, but it's very obvious that these kids have just gone to like a resort thing. Like Jeff even makes a line about the fact that they've been there for days, and all they've done is hang out at the beach and the pool, and they haven't done shit all. Like, yeah. why the fuck would you go to another country then? See, see, you yourself just did the thing that I hate that Americans do. Oh no. Which is, and, and that I think the ruins also touch us on a little bit, which is Americans specifically. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, you know, I can't speak for other countries, but I feel like this probably maybe isn't the same in other countries. I could be wrong. But Americans specifically to me have this sort of idea of like, there's nothing interesting about America. There's no culture here, you know, and, <laughs> and in that same breadth. We treat everywhere else as like this culture that we want to consume, yep. like we like we want to take it for ourselves almost, you know, and that and that's a very um, to me that's an American oh, entitlement yes. sort of concept mm -hmm. because you know the reason so many Americans go to somewhere like Mexico or somewhere like that is they're like I just want the culture, you know, and and to me like that's <laughs> I, mean, I kinda, do it for the food. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean the food too, but. But to me, that's kind of sort of what The Ruins is touching on a little bit here mm -hmm. is how we as Americans will just go anywhere, almost sort of wanna, wanting to devour the culture the way that these fucking vines devour people, you know? Yeah. In the, like, we just want to get our claws into it and, like, make it ours and pretend like we're cultured by doing this, you know? And, you know, to me, it's just like, it's... This, this is an exaggeration probably, but to mm -hmm. me that sort of thing is just kind of like appropriating the culture for ourselves in a sense, you know? And mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, again, a lot of you probably like, no, 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 <laughs> I don't agree with that. Um, but I do just think that there is this, you know, it's, it just seems like a very American thing to do. Like, I feel like every American I know says that exact thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean... Yes, it's definitely a very American thing. And I think it is a difficult thing because 
America is weirdly like we're a melting pot of a lot of different cultures. You can go to a lot of different areas in the United States or even within a city and experience a lot of different things. But because we're a melting pot and basically a baby country, we don't have like the historical context that you get with an older country, right? And so for me, it's kind of this thing with the ruins where it's about finding if you're going to another country it's about finding a middle ground where okay don't do the bullshit thing where you just stay in a resort hotel because then what the fuck is the point of going to a new place if you're not going to experience it right but at the same time don't go to an area where it's clearly like they've marked off uh, don't fucking come here I, i'm not i'm not sit here mm-hmm. maybe maybe this will make it clear right i'm not saying don't go to another country and mm-hmm. not do anything you know yeah. like i'm not i'm not oh, saying that, i know i'm not saying that's a bad thing to do like of course you're gonna of course we should go to other countries and not just sit at the fucking pool right <laughs> it's it's the way that they go about it though you know mm-hmm. like they don't they don't want to see you know just any old temple like mm-hmm. they they, they want to go to the secret one. They want to go to the secret one where, like, you know, and and almost sort of, like, take in, like, oh, this is where this whole culture died off. You know, it's almost like, like, it's it's almost morbid in how they want to consume that. Now, I agree. Now, to get away from that a little bit and just back to the privilege thing, you know, what I love about the ruins and, and this particular genre of horror in general is that, the characters are given so many, like so many <laughs> opportunities to say, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, first of all, they get a whole 24 hours to think about, should we even go to this place? Yep. With this uh, random man we just met. Stranger danger. Stranger as danger. Chris liked to shout during the first half of this movie. Having uh, said that, <laughs> Mateus is amazing and an angel and deserve nothing that happened to him. Yes. Mateus played by Joe Anderson definitely got the short end of the stick on this one. Yep. Which I have a point of that too. So they, they, they get 24 hours. They, they ignore this whole concept of like just running off with this random stranger. They just met. Yep. To, to some random ruins that aren't even on the fucking map that nobody knows about, you know, like and automa- none of them speak the language. None of them speak the language, like automatically all bad, right? They they get to the taxi. The taxi guy is like, no, 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 that's not a good place. We shouldn't go there. And they're like, no, fuck you, man. Here's twenty bucks, you know, <laughs> like, you know. So they they force that guy there. Um, I love the shot where Stacy's hat flies off on the road and the, and the camera just kind of sits on the hat mm-hmm. because to me that's just like this very ominous, like implying like that's it. There's no going back. The whole touristy element of it where they bought those hats. It's all being left behind them. They are going into like a danger zone, right? Mm -hmm. The path is fucking blocked off. (laughs) And they still continue on, you know, like just every opportunity to say maybe we shouldn't. And then, of course, too, you also have Amy, you know, as spoiled of a brat as she is. Being the voice of reason and being like, we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Amy, by the way, who is wearing flip-flops to a goddamn hike. Yeah, fuck this bitch. I hate Amy so much. But she's another reason they shouldn't have gone because she's vomiting before they show, before they go. Like, I'm sorry, but if my girlfriend had her head in the toilet because she was shit-faced the night before, I might be like, you know what, as much as I would love to go and see the ruins, maybe I shouldn't make my girlfriend, who I'm supposed to love, feel worse yeah well there's a part of american culture for you is men not listening to women (laughs) (laughs) it's a very uh, big part of our culture (laughs) a very big part of our culture um and and you know a very prominent element of the ruins which is these men constantly not listening to the women and and as far one last thing i want to say about the privilege thing is you know 
you mentioned it, like, Mateus is actually he, a great dude. He's the best you know? person. <laughs> like, like, I love the way that the film explores this character where, you know, we first meet him at the pool where he overhears Amy talking about losing her earring. Mm-hmm. And he dives and goes, finds it. And you think at first, like, oh, this is some sleaze bag who's trying to get in Amy's pants, right? Yep. And then later on, uh, when Jeff you know, leaves his drunk girlfriend on the beach because he's a dickhead. fuck leaves their drunk girlfriend? Right, he just leaves Amy on the beach drunk. She tries to kiss Mateus, and he's like, no, 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 you know, and and doesn't, you know, doesn't let it happen and doesn't allow it. And, you know, he just turns out to be, like, the greatest fucking dude. Yeah. And something that I noticed about this movie, and kind of jumping ahead here a little bit, is that, you know, the... (laughs) The... It basically... The foreigners, including Mateus... Mm Mm-hmm. All die first, for one. Yep. The characters, like, in a sense, sort of die in the order of their privilege. <laughs> like, okay. the like the most privileged, in a sense, make it to the end. Yeah. You know, because I would argue that Jeff and Amy, like, at least express the most privilege and yep. just the way that they act about things. You know, so it's like they die in the order of their privilege. And you also see, like, various ways in which Americans just completely fuck <laughs> everyone else around them, you know, because... Mm-hmm. Like, Amy taking pictures and, and freaking everyone out is kind of what leads to Dimitri getting shot. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Amy then also later throws the weed at the kid, which gets him killed. Yep. And then, of course, you know, the Americans all fuck up and taking care of Mateus and just make his condition even worse. I mean, he was probably fucked to begin with. But yeah, but they, <laughs> but they just made it... sure his last day was the worst day they, ever. They, they ensured that his last 24 hours are pure fucking agony. Because yep. so... God forbid he turned on the advances of a drunk white woman. Right. So so that was just something I continued to notice throughout this is just like how Americans in this movie just completely to screw everyone else around them who's not American. Mm-hmm. And there really is like just a sense of privilege trumps all in this and just how you know how they continue to make it to the end despite being the worst (laughs) yeah i definitely agree with you with that just because like it's not only the the privilege but also just even kindness because like stacy gets fucked with everything because she gets fucked because her leg gets you know bashed open Mm. because she cares that amy feels too scared to go down into that hole first and so you know stacy takes a bullet and just dies the worst no second worst death for it yeah well this is the thing right is that you know it feels like the ruins is kind of talking about how you know it's again you want to talk about culture it's part of the american culture i would say to put yourself above everyone else. Yep. You know, I mean, even here in America, as we've seen just this past weekend, there's no sympathy. No. You know, there, there is no sympathy in in a large portion of this country for anyone else. No empathy for anyone else mm-hmm. but yourself, you know. And and you see that reflected and, and in the Americans and how that differentiates them from the foreigners is, you know, the foreigners, they're they're all very nice. They're they're accommodating of the Americans, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Mateus, again, is a great guy who's trying to just be a good dude. And consistently, we see the Americans being the opposite of that, you know? Yeah. And, and like you said, you know, Stacy's a little bit better. Like, she goes into the temple when Amy is too scared to do it. Mm-hmm. And so it ends up being, like, the two potentially coldest and cruelest of the bunch <laughs> and most privileged of the bunch. Yeah you know, continue to make it, which I think is just the symbol of, like, how America basically gets ahead is by having 
no empathy. <laughs> yeah, because Jeff's training to be a doctor. Right. So fuck that guy. Fuck Jeff. But yeah, it's. I, I mean, I would even take it like, uh, you know, kind of adding on to that. We don't talk about Dimitri very much, but if we're talking about like the foreigners and the helpful people, Dimitri speaks out of their group the least amount of English. And he is the first one. And yeah, fuck Amy, because she starts all of this shit. Like, mm. if maybe they could have kept calm for a hot second, maybe, well, just maybe the Mayans wouldn't have pushed them on the temple. Well, I mean, yeah, we, we don't know what the Mayans are exactly going to do, but mm. Amy stepping into the vines yep. so she can certainly sealed their fate. Yeah, so she <laughs> can take pictures during a high-tension moment. Right, so, like, we don't know. Like, had she not stepped in the vines, maybe the Mayans let them go. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, you know, maybe, like, maybe they are there to try to get them away from the temple before they touch the vine. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not totally sure about that. But, yeah, I mean, the the great, like, this this whole, you know... Mayans kind of secluding them on the temple thing works kind of twofold for me because on one hand, you know, you can't you can't live in 2022 and not sort of recognize the kind of quarantined <laughs> elements of it, right? Yeah. You know, where it's basically like like if you consider you know, they're, they're not, but if you want to consider this Mayan village like another nation, you know, they're like another nation telling these fucking dirty ass, <laughs> you know, COVID infected Americans to stay the fuck off their land. Yep. And you are staying in that goddamn temple <laughs> until you die, you know, <laughs> so you don't get the rest of us sick. Yeah, and, you brought this <laughs> on yourself with your selfishness. Right, exactly. And you're fucking no bathing and no wearing a mask, whatever, you know, but but no. In all no honesty, bathing? <laughs> I don't know. I know bathing has nothing to do with COVID, but Americans are still fucking gross, all right? Um, as I mean, for God's sakes, Chris, at the beginning of COVID, you know, the CDC had to remind us to wash our fucking hands, you know, and, and many Americans complained about that. Like, we learned that Americans do not fucking wash their hands, all right? So like, gross. We're fucking disgusting. Uh, but anyway, so, you know, in one sense, it kind of works like that, and, and the plants are very much a disease themselves, which we'll get to in a second. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about my own little sort of personal theory here. I haven't heard of Matt um, theory in a while. Which is that, well, first I'll say what my theory is, and then I'll, mm-hmm. and then I'll, and then I'll describe why I think the temple relates to that in any way. Okay. Um, so, and and again, I don't believe this is anywhere in the book. Uh, if it, I don't remember this particular element of it very well. So if it's not, so if it is in the book, uh, fine, I fucked up, all right? But... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I'm looking at just the movie itself. I don't recall this being in the book. But but I like the way that the film very subtly, very subtly sets up that maybe, just maybe, Jeff and Stacy had an affair. And why I say that is because the opening shots of the movie... See, I, I'm one of those people who like I read film language, you know, and and even if a filmmaker Nerd. doesn't, in, yes, and even <laughs> if a filmmaker doesn't intend it, I like to read it a certain, you know, I like to read what the film's telling me, and so whether or not Carter Smith intended this, I have no idea, but the way the film language reads to me is that it wants you to see the sort of intimacy between Jeff and Stacy. Because those are our opening shots. Mm. The opening shots are not Amy and Jeff. 
Mm -hmm. You know, our two main characters who make it to the end, yeah. who Jeff sacrifices himself for. It, this opening scene has nothing to do with the two of them. Yeah. You know, it does set up that Jeff and Stacy are a couple until if, it proves you otherwise. If if the film did not immediately tell you after that Jeff was with Amy, mm -hmm. you would think he was with Stacy. Yeah. You know, they're they're the camera is deadpan on both of them. They're smiling at each other. It's a very, like, warm, kind of playful, flirty moment, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you feel like there's something there, and then the other two, you know, kind of interrupt the mm -hmm. scene. You know, Amy and Eric both kind of interrupt it from different sides. And, and so, like, you know, it, it almost kind of implies that there is something that happened there. And... It, then kind of later on, you know, it you almost sort of get the sense that now, granted, I know that this is because they're all going to die from flesh eating plants. <laughs> but later on, when when Amy is confessing to Jeff that she almost kissed Mateus, mm -hmm. he really didn't seem to give a fuck, yeah. you know, and he, and he has that line of like, would you care? And you could obviously, you know, take it the way it's meant, which is, you know. We're all gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think if you want to look into, if read into it, you could also sort of look at it in a sense where, you know, you could say, well, maybe Jeff and Amy have both kind of recognized they're not gonna make it as a relationship, mm -hmm. you know, and Jeff might already know that in a way that Amy doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, because Stacy mentions that Amy is like you know, freaking out about the fact that they're going to be 2,000 miles away or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, so she might not have already accepted it, but maybe Jeff already did. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got to remember, too, Jeff is leaving his drunk girlfriend. Oh, yeah, he's, the, uh, he's a terrible boyfriend. I think he goes beyond being a terrible boyfriend. Like, I think he just doesn't give a fuck. You know, I, like, he leaves his drunk girlfriend on the beach with some, with some dude that they just met that she's all, like... <laughs> smiling at and kind of flirty with and i mean the dude fucking saved her urine you know and like mm -hmm. like like no no <laughs> like no committed boyfriend is gonna be a hundred percent comfortable leaving a, you know their girlfriend that they're on like you know sort of thin ice with mm -hmm. with some dude that they just met that you know seems like he could be hitting on your girlfriend so like and then especially to just leave your partner drunk on the beach. I mean, no no goodwilled yeah. <laughs> partner does that. You know, you at least care enough to make sure that your partner gets back to the hotel okay. Yeah. Like, even just go, you know, if you don't want to look at the jealousy element of it, just look at just being a goddamn good human, <laughs> you know? So so there's just, there's there's all these little implications that Jeff has already checked out. Yeah. Of this relationship. I mean, I definitely agree because I kind of view the the two romantic relationships that we kind of have as two very, like, standard relationships. You've got Stacy and Eric, who very much for me feel like we met in high school and we're never going to date anybody else. Something very familiar to the Midwest. You have your high school sweetheart and that's it. One and done or two and done, you, you're out. But Jeff and Amy definitely for me feel like that relationship where – they were high school sweethearts or college sweethearts, mm. and he's moving on to greener pastures. He's going to be a doctor. He's mm. going to be rich and smart, and, and he look, can't stick with his. And look, his I, I get it from Amy's perspective, all right? Good-looking buff doctor. Like, who doesn't, yeah, you know, I mean, doesn't want to marry that shit, right? So, <laughs> I mean, that man, 
He's got, got a good set of abs on him. He sure does. He is going to be able to pull, pull any nurse. He's probably already fucking nurses, let's be honest. Indeed. But what does that have to do with them being trapped on the Right, thing? right. So... <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to why so, they're trying... Are the Mayans trying to, like, do couples counseling? No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just checking. Yes. Yes, it's in the brochure. Extreme it's in the bro- couples counseling. It's in the brochure, yeah. Extreme couples, co- extreme couples counseling. Uh, either stay together or get eaten by plants. You know, your choice. Uh, $50 up front. Um, so, no, where, where the temple plays into me is, look, I just like the design of the temple, right? Because mm-hmm. when you look at... Uh, so by, so in the book, if I remember correctly, the temple is not a temple. It's like a, it's it's more of kind of like a hill that's infested by these vines. And then I, th- I think there's still like some kind of opening in the middle of this hill but it's so much better they just got trapped on a fucking hill (laughs) well i (laughs) mean funnier maybe no i i like the decision to move it to it to ruins i think that's that's, much cooler but it's better or to this temple but when i look at the temple you know of course i'm a nerd so i i read into like every possible symbolism there is and so when i look at this you know that you kind of you kind of at first observe the temple like why is that opening even there mm-hmm. you know like it doesn't like uh, on a on just a practical level it doesn't make any sense you know like the mayans are never gonna want to go up there <laughs> so <laughs> like no no one in their right mind is ever gonna want to go up to the top of that temple and go into the middle of it you know so and and maybe you know of course you could argue it was built before these plants infested it you know so maybe mm-hmm. it used to be something else but but i like the symbolism of it because to me this temple almost sort of becomes like, you know, almost like this temple that's full of secrets, right? Yeah. And I love the way that that sort of plays out in different ways. Again, if you read it too deeply, like a nerd (laughs) like me. And, you know, so for example, like, so you have Stacy going down there, right? So Mm -hmm. let's say that, again, it's all theory, but let's say, (laughs) let's say that Stacy is, you know, or has uh, had an affair with Jeff. You know, Stacy... And Mateus are both these characters that sort of have a secret mm-hmm. that they don't want Jeff to find out yeah. or, or someone else on the top to find out, right? And so, you know, like Mateus, he obviously doesn't want Jeff to know that Amy tried to kiss him. That mm-hmm. would look bad on him, right? Yeah. And then Stacy, she's going in there because maybe she has this dark secret. And the plants themselves, you know, if you look at them as kind of like a symbol of secrets and the way they kind of course through you and like eat you up from the inside out you know the mm-hmm. way that they end up doing with stacy particularly you know that begins to play into it and then i love the symbolism of amy coming down into the temple with stacy and they happen to find this faceless girl and i kind of like that as like you know this faceless girl almost kind of being like a representation of stacy's secret that she has from amy and amy is maybe beginning to suspect that secret Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of why it's like appearing that way you know so again it's all theory. like the skeletons in the closet sort of a thing exactly so again it's all theory it's all just reading into it you know Mm -hmm. i doubt the director or writer ever intended it that way but but that's kind of how i like reading it because again there's just way too much (laughs) chemistry between jeff and stacy in the beginning to make me think otherwise you just want (laughs) jeff and stacy to fuck i mean Let's be honest, okay? Two incredibly hot people, <laughs> all right? Like they, Everyone in this movie can just get it. And and let's not forget the way that the film actually sort of puts them together in separate scenes mm-hmm. in the sense that, 
you have, uh, like, we see the dichotomy of the relationships and how they work. And on one hand, you know, you've got Eric in bed just chilling out. And we see uh, Stacy getting showered and we see her in the nude. Mm -hmm. And then we cut to Jeff and Amy. And Amy's puking in the toilet. (laughs) And Jeff is the one who just got out of the shower. And we see him in the nude. Mm -hmm. You know, so even there, the film's almost kind of implying of, like, Jeff and Stacy together. All right. <laughs> I can I can kind of see that. I feel like you can add on to the idea that maybe both Jeff and Amy are cheating because Jeff finds his own skeleton that he doesn't tell anybody about because he finds the fucking arm. For, he, he doesn't tell anybody. He doesn't tell anybody he found a goddamn skeleton. For sure. Or maybe it's just, again, implying, you know, his secret's coming out or his secret is coming <gasps> Is Jeff to the bisexual? Surface. No, I'm not saying that. I mean, you could say no, that. No, I've decided. He can it's be if you decided. want him to be. I mean, that's no, his skeleton. Yeah, he can be if you want him to be. No one decides that but you. You know, so like, uh, like if that's what you want to read, that's what you want to read. But but no, again, just that being the idea of like the skeletons in the closet coming to the surface, right? Mm-hmm. Coming coming from inside out, which again is what these vines do. They get into you. They slither through you. They eat you from the inside out. So. I it. I like that theory a lot. I mean, I just had like the basic bitch reading of it of, you know, <laughs> Americans consuming other people's culture in a way that's not good. But we've already talked about that. Well, and, and I and I think that is obviously the the actual intention. You yeah, know? it's that, the basic that, bitch intention. Yeah, yours that, is better. Yeah, that that is the actual intention is the idea that <laughs> Americans are just kind of devouring this other culture. Right. And taking yeah. and taking what they want from it. And the ruins is a bit kind of like. That culture saying, you know what? Fuck you and biting back. (laughs) Fuck you. Stop taking our shit. You're going to go die on this. You want it so bad? Go die for it. Right. And, and, you know, to to just one last thing to tie into this is uh, the one thing I do know is that uh, the director, Carter Smith, says it is intentional. And I don't remember why, but it is intentional that Eric is wearing that shirt with the target on his back Mm -hmm. or the target on his front where where Stacy eventually stabs him. And I kind of like that because Eric is this, like, kind of sweet dude, you know? I mean, well, a, sweet sweet as far as, like, your typical American bro goes. Like, yeah, demanding oral sex and, you know. Yeah, but he did make a bet. All no, right, so okay, like, no. <laughs> fuck that bullshit. He could wait. He could certainly wait. He is demanding it, but they did make a bet, so. Yeah, I'm not saying that she should welch on a bet. But Eric is a golden retriever, a dumb golden yes. retriever of a yeah. frat boy. Good, good way to put it. He clearly loves Stacy. Yes. You know, and, and so I kind of like that he has this target because to me it almost reads as like this target of just the the nice guy mm-hmm. who's going to get stabbed in the back by his girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, well, stabbed in the front. Although get, in this case in the front, yeah. Well, I mean, he gets stabbed. <laughs> and she stabs him right in the heart. Exactly. As she's trying to rip out her own secrets using your plant right. metaphor. I'm, I'm telling you, it's there. It's there in the movie. Stacy had an affair probably with Jeff. <laughs> I'm, I am not disagreeing with you on that, but I do want to talk about these goddamn plants. Yes, of course. Because I love them. They're like Audrey 2 and Piranhas had a fucked up baby that fucks with your head. And I love them and I want them. I love that you asked me while watching this, what would be worse, Piranha or these plants? And it's like, no, no. the answer is fucking obvious. <laughs> piranhas, plants, or compies. You can't discount the dinosaurs. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> compies aren't even in the equation, all right? They're, <gasps> they're the least frightening of the three by far. <laughs> I'm sorry, What? Okay, look, the compies, if anything, are most similar to the piranha, right? Yeah, but they're land piranhas. 
fine, Chris. But the, but the point the point is is none of them compare to the plants. Like I would much rather be not that any of these is a pleasant death, but I'd no. much rather be eaten by a swarm of piranha in a few seconds or copies than spend. 15 hours being slowly <laughs> devoured by fucking vines coursing through my body and in my skull. Like, that it, sounds like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> is that because the plants also commit psychological warfare? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so look, this is actually what I think is really interesting about the plants, too, that ties into the themes of the movie, is that, <laughs> you know, so so by the way, you know, I, I, do, I do just love the design of the plants and how mm-hmm. they operate. Yep. Uh, I think it's a really cool idea to have them uh mimic voices like that's like cell phones and yeah like when you have that scene where you know you've been hearing this phone ring and you're like oh my god they gotta get that phone and when they first get in there and she discovers that it's the plants like mimicking the sound of a phone Mm -hmm. that that creeped me out pretty good like that that was a very good scene (laughs) that was fantastic like i just like that oh shit moment that comes with it we just have stacy starting to like lose her mind wanting to cut all these plants out and then the plants just start mimicking her own voice and like encouraging her to cut herself i do have to wonder though like are the plants aliens or like do they just like release i'm i think that they release like a psychedelic pollen so they're not actually making the noise but these everybody's just like baked off their asses and no just, i disagree because they all hear it so so i don't they all think, got hit with the pollen yeah but that's not how psychedelics work you don't all hear the same thing so like no i i don't i don't know i don't know that they're aliens or not i don't really care um i i like it better just not even knowing but as far as like how they operate you know it's it's interesting because there is a theme of mimicking in the movie too Mm -hmm. and you know like we have scenes where uh where stacy and eric are kind of like mocking each other you know eric's like mimicking her and it sort of reminds me like the way that the plants do it to them it sort of reminds me of what it must feel like for foreigners to encounter an american trying to mimic their language you know because because (laughs) the the way that we butcher it well, the way that we butcher it, the way that we kind of do it mockingly in a way sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, at least here in America, I mean, any, you know, go to any, Americans have this habit of just mimicking the way other cultures speak that's very offensive and very annoying, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and I'm glad that most of the people in my life have stopped doing that, thank God. But, you know, it's like this thing that's inherently in American blood almost where it's like, you know, we just mimic other languages mm-hmm. and and it sucks. And so anyway, the the way that you know the plants do this, it comes off like very uncomfortable, very alien. Uh, it almost feels like mocking. It's mm-hmm. annoying, you know. And and so again, it just makes me feel like this must be what it feels like to be someone in one of these other countries and have these fucking Americans, you know, these dumbass Americans come in, getting drunk and just being like, "Oh, cómo estás, amigo?" You know, like. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it just must be like, fuck you, man. Like, you know, like that, that must be how it feels. It's just like, Oh God. Like, yeah. you know, like if you're going to come here know the fuck it, like if you're going to talk to me, talk to me in the fucking language, you know, and, and don't, and don't be like a pretentious American dickhead about it, you know? And so I, I, you know, I could be wrong, but I think that's why that is kind of like that. You know, I think mm-hmm. the plants in a way kind of, again, it's almost like they're, it's almost like they're giving a middle finger to Americans. Oh, definitely. Uh, and, and the way that we treat other countries. And so it's, you know, I kind of like it as like them sort of just being like, 
oh, you think you think you're so smart when you like come here and you know think you can speak the language because you can say four words or whatever. <laughs> like you know, how does it feel, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah. Well, I definitely agree with that. I also think kind of going into your like secrets thesis and stuff like that when we look at how the plants work. You know, they only really go after where there is fresh blood. So I think that that works really well with, like, these people who potentially have secrets or weaknesses. Like, when we look at, also kind of going back to the entitlement thing, people with entitlement take advantage of any person's weakness. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what we see with the plants as well is, you know, it's blood in the water. Like, I mean, look at Mateus. Poor fucking Mateus gets his legs chopped off by a, you know, wannabe doctor. And the plant's just like, oh, you don't need these anymore? And just immediately, like, grab. That's the first time we really see how much the plants can do. I know we have that moment down in the cave where they're following the girls out. And ostensibly, like, chasing out their secrets, if you will. Mm. But, like, the plants stealing Mateus' leg, I feel like for me, is the the first, like, oh, fuck moment when we realize just how much these plants can do. Well, look, the, these are the two ways that horror is at its best. And and one is in stories where characters face the things that they're most afraid of. You know? So, like, for example, like, if you're afraid of water, mm-hmm. you're going to spend most of the movie in water. Yeah. You know? Uh, and then the other one is when characters have their worst attributes thrown back at them mm-hmm. and that's what's going on here in the ruins like i think you're is i think this is worth at worst well, attributes his legs because i think he's got nice legs well no no, no. <laughs> that's not what i mean <laughs> and i i don't know i didn't really you know they're hairy like i'm not i'm not in the hairy legs <laughs> like men sure but not you know but the, not not super hairy ones like myself um <laughs> Not into the bears. But, you know, no, that's not quite what I mean. I, I mean more like personality attributes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Mateus is getting what he deserves. He's not. He's an innocent mm-hmm. that's been kind of fucked over by uh, by the hands of the Americans in a sense, right? Yeah. Um, I'm more talking about the privilege element of it from the Americans because they are all having that kind of thrown back at them because the the core one of the core elements of privilege is a superiority complex a superiority complex tends to essentially describe a bully in a lot of cases as well, you know, mm-hmm. um, because you you think you're better than everybody or, you know, you aren't comfortable with yourself. But either way, you bully people as a result of that, you know. And so I think that these Americans, while on the surface, we never see them doing anything like that. That's kind of an element of privilege is that you just look down on others. So. Yeah. So these these plants mimicking and mocking them, I think, is just a great reflection of that, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of putting them in that spot of the plants are now the ones saying, we're better than you. <laughs> Fuck you guys. You know? We're going to eat you. Right, exactly. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. <laughs> we just want your ooey gooey warm blood. Yeah, because you're right. They they take advantage of the week, right? Mm-hmm. They. Like they don't just the plants don't just swarm them the minute they all get up to the top they they wait for those wounds to open mm-hmm. and and they mock them to create more wounds like they do with Stacy stabbing Eric you know so, yeah uh, well and not only that but like talking about the mimicking the plants are also smart enough to know what's going to drive the humans to do reckless things to not think logically like they they are so quick 
because they hear that cell phone going off. They're so quick to get Mateus down into that hole that they don't even check the rope to make sure that everything's going to work out because they get so fixated on that cell phone and it being their way out. And the plans are like, fuck you, there's no cell phone here. Yeah. Just corpses. Yeah, no, I mean they they use they use the things that they rely on to their advantage, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and they really they they take advantage of those privileges because because a phone is a privilege. Yes. Right. You know, and they take advantage of that to to lure them down there because mm-hmm. they're very crafty. These uh, are smart plants. Smart plants who like to use your privilege against you. <laughs> you know, so. they're gonna make you suffer before you die. But for those of you that are sick of hearing us talking about privilege, too bad because I got one. We got one last thing to say about it, which is that, of course, you know this all leads to the ending, which I think is the ultimate reasoning for why the characters are like this. You know, because you might, because you might watch the ruins, and you know, for those of you that maybe don't like it, I imagine part of the reason is because you watch this and you're like, God, these characters are obnoxious. Mm-hmm. You know, like like some of them are good. Like you know, Stacy and Eric aren't that bad. Like no. they're they're not perfect, but they you know they're not terrible people on the surface, and mm-hmm. and and we like them enough. And and even Jeff and Amy, like Amy's not no. black hearted. Fuck she's, Amy. <laughs> she's spoiled as fuck, but she doesn't have like a black heart. You know, mm-hmm. like she cares. Like the film does a really good job of making them people mm-hmm. so you don't completely hate them yeah but they are still obnoxious especially amy yeah you know and and so i understand if if anyone doesn't like the film because of that but again it's very intentional mm-hmm. which leads us to the end here because and going back to what i was saying before about how you know i sort of feel like characters die off in the amount of privilege that they feel mm-hmm. with the most privilege making it the longest yeah <laughs> Surprisingly, is not the white dude who's going to become a doctor because Jeff doesn't survive. He sacrifices himself for Amy. And to be fair, he already had a death warrant. Stacy drawing blood already meant that Jeff wasn't going to survive. But the thing, but the thing I love about Jeff's death mm-hmm. is again, there's an irony to it because he's down there saying something like he he's already had his you know like four americans don't just disappear moment oh, but then he goes down here and he, he has doubles even, down he doubles down on his american bullshit mm-hmm. where he's like you don't even know our names you know and like mm-hmm. saying like i'm jeff i'm from illinois i was gonna be a doctor yeah, you know fuck you jeff you and, bitch and like he's saying all these things like it should matter, you know. Mm-hmm. He says it in such and, and like again, I get it. I get the purpose of it. It's supposed to kind of, you know, be like you're not treating us like people, like you don't even know our names, you know, mm-hmm. you're just treating us like animals. Like I get what the intention is, but again, the way it sounds and comes off is Jeff being like, you know, I'm from fucking Illinois, you know, like as if it's supposed to fucking matter to these people that he's from Illinois. Right. And then even further with that, he's saying like, you don't even know our names. It's like, motherfucker, you don't know the name of the kid you got killed. Yup. You know, (laughs) that's my thing for it is I feel like it's another doubling down on the, the weird hypocrisy and double standards because, you know, my takeaway from that scene with Jeff is, you know, he's going on this whole huge rant and the hypocrisy of it is you went to a temple you weren't supposed to and you don't speak the language of the people there so you can't understand what's going on and the people who are protecting this temple and trying to protect people from this temple are never named. 
they're, they're never given a name. They're basically kind of treated as this unnamed force. And so the bullshit, like, hypocrisy of Jeff being like, I'm special and I'm different because I'm from Illinois and I'm going to be a doctor. Mm. Fuck you. I'm glad he got shot because fuck that dude. But I'm still fucking pissed that Amy makes it out because fuck well, Amy. Well, well, hang on. So, you know, the, the, you make a great point about the fact that we don't know any of the minds' names. And mm. I think that's important, too, because I think... Uh, you know, probably not, but I think that the film maybe wants you to sort of reflect on that and be like, like, as Jeff is saying this, think to yourself, well, they don't know any of their names. Yep. You know, like, they don't know why they're doing this. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't care to know any of these people. Yeah. And and that, again, is the, the American sort of thing. Like, I think it wants you to think about that on how, you know, Jeff thinks that he's all important because he's from fucking Illinois and wants <laughs> to be a doctor. But he doesn't really give a shit about these people or why they're doing what they're doing. Which, again, leads to moments after Amy escaping is, you know, again, here's the thing about Amy is, like, is she a bad person? No. You know, she... But she, she gets them all killed and she murders a child. She does because she's privileged and she's spoiled and she doesn't know any better, right? Yep. So, like, she, you know, she she does get people killed. But she's not, she doesn't have a black heart, like I said, you know. Like yeah, she doesn't she's just have, stupid. She doesn't have that. She's just dumb. Yeah. You know, Amy is pretty much the the ultimate, like, I'm not, maybe she's not a Karen necessarily, but she's the she's ultimate. She's kind of a Karen. She's the ultimate, like, basic white bitch who's got nothing going for her, you know, except for marrying a buff doctor, which again, <laughs> I get it, buff doctor. But Who doesn't want a buff doctor? Um, But she's got nothing going for her beyond that, you know, mm-hmm. she's. She's what, like she does photography. It doesn't seem like it's probably going very well because I mean, she kind of seems like a shit photographer. But it's also a basic white bitch. Like I did photography. It's a basic white bitch thing. I know, but I don't <laughs> want to insult anyone who does photography, oh, right? Because oh, yeah. we it, look. The point is, Amy doesn't seem to be going anywhere with no. life, and <laughs> and and you know, and, and she just is the ultimate like symbol of privilege with her flip-flops mm-hmm. and wanting to hang out at the pool all day and our first introduction to her is she just wants to get sun you know like she is the ultimate boring basic girl right yep and to consider all of that and then immediately pick up this ending where jeff goes on his big like i'm from illinois speech mm-hmm. you know and her name's Amy. Amy, yeah, you know. Fuck you, bud. Like as if the again, as if the minds fucking care about what this dumbass chick's name is. Yep. She then basically, the film doesn't say this, but she basically is running off to go destroy the world. Yes. And she's not aware of it. <laughs> well, here's my thing. I disagree with you on that. Because look, you cannot spend that time on that temple and watch these plants. Okay. Even if she, even if she is aware of it, she's too concerned about her own specific life to care. Yes, <laughs> she is such a spoiled person that, like, you know, look, it's something that you know, you brought up at the beginning with COVID and quarantining and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's <laughs> a, it's a bitch. It's a bitch to have to take a moment to examine the difference between something you want to go and do and whether it, you should go and do no, it. No, it just made me, re- you just mentioning COVID with this just immediately made me think of how Amy is 100% uh, one of those anti-maskers who's like, I'm sick, but God help you if you try to keep me out of that Applebee's. You know? Exactly. I mean, that's the thing at the end of all this is like, I can give it to Amy maybe that she's just an idiot and she's making dumb mistakes like she's not thinking about whether you know it's okay to step into these plants or any of the thing like that but at that ending moment 
like when her and Jeff are planning for getting off, they know, they know these plants can get underneath the skin because they saw it with Stacy. They know how bad all this shit can get. And Amy still thinks it's okay to fucking escape and bring that to the rest of the world. Well, well, so but, fuck her, and I hope she dies in that goddamn jeep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she she becomes the ultimate symbol of privilege in yeah. the end. And again, this is all intentional. The f- mm-hmm. I think I genuinely think that the filmmakers want you to be angry. Yes. <laughs> that Amy escapes. Yep. And and, it, and again, it's such great filmmaking mm-hmm. because I think you care just enough, or at least I do when I watch this, that you don't necessarily like want her to die, mm-hmm. but you also understand the repercussions of her escaping. Yes. You know, that's what that's what great storytelling is. It's like mm-hmm. you don't hate the character enough or you wish death on them. Yeah. But but you also like don't necessarily want to see them live, so you're kind of you're kind of caught between this like should I root for her to get out of here? Because mm-hmm. like it feels good, like it, it feels good in a way to see them escape because they're going through such hell, you know, and you're in there with that, you're in that hell with them mm-hmm. that there is a bit of like yeah, fucking get out of there, Amy, you know, like go, like run, mm-hmm. you know, like you have that feeling, but then you immediately are thinking to yourself she's gonna fuck the world you know yeah and and so so it does come down to this ultimate sort of privilege where you know let's let's say that she does know what she's doing Mm -hmm. you know i mean yes they they kind of understand how the plans work they still don't know everything but let's assume she does know what amy's deciding here in the end is that my one specific life is worth more than the rest of the world (laughs) yeah Especially knowing that once she gets to a city or a town or something like that, she's going to go to a hospital where there's lots of warm blood. There's so much warm blood (laughs) that these plants are going to just be fucking drunk. These are going to be drunk party plants. Like, it's going to get insane. I I mean, it's just funny because, like, you know, the film ends on a positive note, but I think any intelligent viewers watching this and going... Oh, that's not going to end very well. Oh, yeah. Know? We've all seen Little Shop of Horrors. We know how this ends. Well, well, listen, the Mayans shot the kid because a plant fucking touched his shirt, you know? Yep. Like, like they shot him mm-hmm. for that. So you have to assume that Amy is deeply infected. Oh, you know? yeah. And that she is going to spread that infection. And, you know, I, I don't know if there's a vaccine for flesh-eating plants. I don't think there is. <laughs> so oh, That so, world's doomed. Yeah, so so you get the sense that like the world's probably doomed, and actually in an alternate ending, there is a shot that shows uh, one of the vines kind of creeping underneath Amy's eye uh, to give you that idea that that's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know why that was cut out. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Great. I'm not aware of the decision. Like the studio, you know, studio execs are always fucking morons, and so they're mm-hmm. probably just like, oh, we want a happy ending because they don't understand that it's not a it's happy still ending. Still not a happy ending, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe they wanted the happy, the quote unquote happy ending. I have no idea. Um, but that ending was shot with you to be able to see the vine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the ending they should have kept because you should not be, you know, I think the filmmakers want you to understand, no, it does not end well after this because Amy's privilege, this American privilege mm-hmm. is going to destroy the world. Yeah. <laughs> like American privilege always does. Right. So, so I guess I guess when you look at the film that way, you know, to me, this really does become maybe the ultimate sort of Americans fuck around and find out <laughs> uh, subgenre horror movie. Uh-huh. You know, where this is the one that very directly states like Americans aren't just annoying; 
which most of the other films do, mm-hmm. and, and and that they fuck around and find out. But this one directly is like, Americans are so selfish mm-hmm. and so privileged that they will destroy the fucking world <laughs> <laughs> before, get... <laughs> before admitting that maybe they shouldn't leave this temple. <laughs> they'll get other tourists killed, they'll get native kids killed, and then they'll go on to kill the world and not feel an, an ounce of remorse about it. I mean, I'm sure Amy will... No, she won't. I'm sure she's going to feel a little bit of remorse as she's being eaten by plants alive and everyone else around her is being eaten by plants alive. But who knows? I don't know. (laughs) And, And yet the irony of it is... If the men had just listened to her whining, <laughs> they all would have been alive. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the implication is there, you know, because I don't think that the whining's a good thing. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you can go back even further if Jeff was a considerate boyfriend and went, "My girlfriend is fucking hungover. Maybe I shouldn't force her to hike." Well, well, see, that wouldn't have changed anything because they would have just left her there and then they all would have oh, still gone and died. That's true. They would have just left her there. Right. So so they all they all still would have died. She might have lived, but that, you know, mm-hmm. that'd be the only difference. But but she but she whines persistently until they get to the temple. And so mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, if these fucking privileged dudes who think that they're smarter than everybody, in particular <laughs> Jeff, had just listened to somebody else for <laughs> one moment, you know, maybe it wouldn't have happened. Which maybe that's the point there with that, mm-hmm. uh, because Jeff is this guy who thinks like, oh, because I go to you know doctor school, fucking uh, I'm, doctor, I'm smarter than everybody. And the film makes a point to show you again and again, Jeff doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. No, nope. <laughs> he gets Mateus killed. He doesn't get Mateus killed, but he, like we said, he does make Mateus's last twenty four hours pretty goddamn awful. Yeah, you know, because Jeff has this, you know, like there's that whole scene where Jeff is he's got smashing God his complex. Well, not a, no. There's uh, maybe I don't know. There's that whole scene though where he's smashing Mateus's legs, uh-huh. and Mateus is fucking screaming his head off, saying "stop," and and Jeff later is like, he couldn't feel a thing. It's like motherfucker. I think he felt it. <laughs> you know, like I I love that scene because it implies to you that Jeff is a fucking know-it-all who thinks because he's in school for being a doctor, he knows everything. Mm-hmm. He clearly doesn't though. He doesn't know shit. <laughs> uh, but all right, so we gotta start wrapping up. We're already going over time here. Uh, I actually feel like I could talk about this movie much longer, but we gotta we wrap it up. Can. So, <laughs> uh, so who's your killer idiot of the ruins? Fucking Amy for wearing goddamn flip flops. That's a travesty that I cannot forgive. Fair enough. I'm gonna go Jeff because I think that even though Amy wears those flip flops, mm-hmm. Amy is still the intuitionally correct one. <laughs> yeah. To stay the fuck away from these ruins. And, and is, again, making the judgment call everywhere they go to do the right thing and go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Jeff, <laughs> he's my idiot because Jeff makes every bad judgment call possible in this movie. He leaves Amy drunk on the beach. Mm-hmm. He forces his hunover, throwing up girlfriend to come with them on this hike. Yep. He ignores the fact that these ruins are somewhere off the map that they're traveling to with some fucking stranger when they could have just done one of the tourist attractions. He forces them to go down the hidden path (laughs) that is very clearly purposefully hidden. Mm -hmm. He makes the bad judgment call about Mateus's legs. Like Jeff does, Jeff fucks up in every way possible throughout this movie. And he's supposed to be quote unquote, the smartest one because he's a doctor but he makes every one, every wrong choice there is. <laughs> he is an idiot. I'll agree with you on that. He sure is. Um, all right. What about your killer death? 
Oh, I mean, obviously, Stacy cutting herself to ribbons because it gets under my skin and it's such a creepy death. But I do have to give second place. Yeah, but I mean, that's not what kills Stacy, though. Don't care. It's my killer death. <laughs> you bend the rules all the time. It's not a death. <laughs> Jeff stabs her. <laughs> you know what? You can go fuck off and die with the plants. All right, fine. It's Amy's non-death by cutting herself. Stacy's. <laughs> Stacy. <laughs> oh, I am. Yeah, mine goes to Stacy, but with a second place to Mateus's legs getting just hauled off into the bushes because that's just fucking funny. Also not a death. Uh, you know so- <laughs> what? You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, so, so because I wanted an actual death, I said Dimitri, uh, who I don't think we mentioned, is played by Dimitri Bavius. Um, I said Dimitri because... To me, you know, first of all, his death's just really well executed because he gets fucking shot and then his head's blown off. And it's very yeah. shocking. But his death is that moment of the movie where the audience suddenly goes from like, okay, all right, we're going along with this film. All right, there's some weird ruins. Okay, this is kind of strange. It, it goes from like kind of calmness to his death is the instant oh fuck <laughs> moment, you know? Shit like got he, real. Like he, he is, he's an example of my favorite one of my favorite kinds of things that a horror film can do is when you go from that calmness to suddenly let's just like, you know, one to a hundred basically yeah. <laughs> in a second. I'm just like, Oh shit. Things just got fucking real. You know, that escalated very quickly, <laughs> escalated very quickly. Um, what about your killer MVP? I mean, it goes to my boy Mateus because he deserved better. He gets the award because he deserved better. He was a good man just trying to find his brother. And these fucking Americans just made everything worse. Agreed. He's a good dude. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to give the killer MVP to the sound design team because I think that... Of course you are. Because I, I love the way that the plants kind of interact with everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, I just think that the design of their sounds and their mimicking is a highlight of the movie and just the way that they just psychologically torment these people. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I got to give it to that. I thought thought that was very effective. And, you know, I I think that the effects, of course, like usual are the things you remember most from this horror film. They are amazing. Uh, But, but I want to go with the sound design team here just because we, you know, we can always say the effects. The effects can almost <laughs> always be the winner here. Uh, but but I, I think that the design of the sound also really enhances this movie. So, uh, all right. So, as usual, uh, every week on Twitter at Killer Critics, we like to put up a poll, kind of getting your thoughts and feelings on the film and what you think of it. So, between love it, it's fine, don't like it, and never seen it, where do you think the audience fell on the ruins? Well, I know it's not going to be love it because of what have you because of what you said at the beginning of the episode. You never know. Uh, I'm going to go with never seen it. Yeah, I'm going to go with never seen it. Oh, come on. It's not that bad. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I just figured it was... Uh, no, no, no. It, love It got 37.1%. Okay. It's Fine got 40%. Don't Like It got 2.9%. And Never Seen It got 20%. Oh, so most people like this movie. Why were you despairing earlier? Well, because 20% having not seen it is still a lot that's of true. people having not seen it. Like, <laughs> you know, that that's what I was saying. This movie came out in 2008. It's not even that old. <laughs> you know, it's like, what, like 14 years? You know, what? Well, oh, God, oh. 14 fucking years ago. Um, <laughs> Way to make us feel old, Matthew. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, but, you know, that's not that long ago. 
Fuck. <laughs> um, I guess maybe it is by today's standards. I don't know. Jesus Christ, this movie's almost an antique. Um, <laughs> uh, look, I don't feel like it was that long ago because I was alive to see this in theaters. So fuck all of you who were too young for that. Um, but... <laughs> But it's a great film, and this is why I say it's underrated, because, you know, 20% of our voters have not seen it. That's a lot of people, you know? Yeah. And so, so to everyone who hasn't seen it, please go watch it. This movie's so good. It is. It's so good. And, and otherwise, the poll fell around where I thought it would. I don't think many people hate this movie, but, you know, it does walk that line of, like, love it or it's fine. It, you know, I'm yeah. not, I definitely see how it doesn't really blow you away in some cases. Um, all right, so we always get comments from you all as well. So these are all from Twitter. So first up is at groovy slasher 81 so that's groovy slasher 81 and they say well i wouldn't say that the ruins broke any new ground for horror there's just something about it i love the setup is simple but effective the performances are decently strong the makeup and gore effects were awesome and the concept of murderous vines felt so unique yeah i fucking love the murderous vines they're amazing but yeah i think the brilliance of the ruins is something we kind of touched on in the beginning which is it doesn't try to explain anything. We don't know what this temple is or why it's there or what the vines are. And sometimes horror films, I feel like, can over-explain those factors. And I like the fact that the ruins are just like, hey, these plants are fucking creepy. They're going to fuck yeah. with your head. We're not going to talk about them any more than that. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, you know, my, my advice to, to writers is always just like, I, to me with horror, I think that the more you explain, the less effective it is, you yep. know? Like if unless you, it's a ghost story, I want the fucking backstory. <laughs> I want the origins. That's just Chris's opinion. I don't even agree with that when it comes to ghosts. Um, Bite you. You know, unless you're telling a murder mystery, then of course you want some details. But, mm. uh, but no, I I think that you know the more you can get away with not explaining, the better it is. You know, that's why we love Halloween or why we loved Halloween when it first came out because mm. you're just like, who the fuck is this guy that can't die? You know, like who the fuck is Michael Myers? Why is he doing this? We don't know. Um, so, so I always think that's really effective and it reminds me too, like, and, and it's so obnoxious, like the sort of criticisms that you'll get, uh, for doing that these <laughs> days, yeah. you know, because these days I feel like most studios want you to explain every fucking detail because they think, you know, they treat the audience like they're idiots. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't agree with that. I think you should always treat audiences like they're intelligent or, and are going to understand it. And, you know, I had one script that I won't get into the details of, but I remember, shopping around and doing like contests and stuff with it and i always got really positive feedback but the one thing that they always said was i don't understand the um i don't understand the origin of the thing that's doing these things oh. you know the thing that's committing the horror who gives a shit and and you know i just kind of felt like and <laughs> you know like like that's the point is you're not mm -hmm. supposed to fully understand it's scarier that way but anyway i digress um, so no, I agree with Groovy Slash 81 here. Uh, didn't necessarily break new ground. Again, you know, it's not like this was the first like tourism horror movie or anything like that. Uh, but it does touch on the killer plants thing, which is a thing that I don't think is explored in horror enough. There are other killer plant movies out there. Uh, they're just, you know, it's not a very like popular subgenre. I would actually like to see more of these. So, yes. um, so anyway, thank you at Groovy Slash 81 for the comment. Appreciate it. Uh, next up is coming from at DJ Cheese Whipper. So that's DJ C H E E Z W H I P P E R. And they say, really liked the pacing, cinematography, and performances kind of gets under the skin. 
Kind of. It gets very much under the skin. It literally gets under the skin. Literally gets <laughs> under the skin. I know that's. It's another one of the brilliances with the ruins is the fact that the pacing is really on point. There's not any slow moments or anything where it lags or anything like that. It's just. This is just a really good film. It's a really solid film. Yeah, it's not amazing, but I don't know. For what it is, I don't know. I like it. I'm just drunk at this point. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with everything they said, and it does really get under the skin, and that's why I think that this film's very effective. Is it really? It really makes you later on kind of look at yourself and be like, uh, is there something moving under there? You it's know, like, so cringeworthy. Uh, like it definitely makes you think of what that would be like. So anyway, thank you at DJ Cheeseweber for the comment. Appreciate it. Thanks. It was a comment from at real feels pod. So that's R E E L F E E L S P O D. And so they have a podcast. You check them out. Uh, they say hands down, one of the most underrated horror films out there. What a unique concept. And of course I wanted more. I want backstory. How brilliant to create an atmosphere of both isolation and claustrophobia out in the open. The paranoia, chef's kiss, also the novel is excellent. Yeah, the paranoia, we only kind of like, I feel like briefly touched on, but it's so well done in this. Um, And yeah, I would love like more ruins movies. Please feed more tourists to this ruins because <laughs> I would like that. No, I, this is where I will disagree with you in Real Feels Pod. <laughs> I don't need a sequel to The Ruins. I don't want a sequel to The Ruins. And I don't want to know more about the plants. I like not knowing. I don't need to know you more know? about the plants. I just want more tourists to feed the plants. Yes, but if you get a sequel, inevitably you get more detail. And so I would rather not. Not if it's adjacent, though. <laughs> but, uh, but otherwise... <laughs> <laughs> disagree, but, uh, but otherwise... Um, for God's sakes, we got Jason Goes to Hell, which tries to explain everything. And I say that as someone who likes Jason Goes to Hell. So. <laughs> but no, otherwise, I very much agree with Real Feels Pod here. You know, again, something we didn't talk about during this is, is how brilliantly effective it is with horror in the daylight. Is is how brilliantly effective it is with horror in the daylight. You know, that's that's something that's hard to pull off. And I really like it when filmmakers do it. You know, when they don't have that advantage of using darkness to creep out the audience and like, ooh, what's in the shadows? You know, like this film puts most of the horror right there in the daylight for you to see. Yeah. And it's fucking terrifying. Yeah, because the plants are <laughs> sleepy at night. No, but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the plants are doing a lot of their eating at night. <laughs> they are night feeders. But um, but no, but I, I love how it does that. And of course, the claustrophobia, you know. Horror also, I think, is at its best when you can do these really contained, claustrophobic stories like this. Mm -hmm. Like, if you can, set your characters in a one-location sort of thing and just let <laughs> shit rip, you know? Uh, so, anyway, thank you at Real Feels Pod for the comment. Appreciate it. Uh, next up is a comment from at just underscore Erica underscore. So, that's just underscore E-R-I-C-A underscore. And they say, I think the concept of this is really unique and interesting. Something different for sure. Do I love it? No, but I do enjoy it enough to have seen it a couple times. Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about it. Like, again, for me, this is what if Audrey 2 was a piranha, and I can't not love that as a setup. Yeah. Um, and this is, if the body horror didn't get so under my skin, I would watch this movie more often, but it creeps me the fuck out, and I can't. Yeah, you know, I, I love the film as a, as a film and how effective it is, you know? Like, I, like... As, as a, I guess maybe a way to look at it is like as a one shot, I love it. Mm -hmm. Is it a film that I revisit often? No, this is the this is the first time I've revisited the ruins in in years, <laughs> you know. So I don't love it in that sense where like I have to rewatch this movie over and over again. 
But I think as a movie itself, it's very effective, and so I love it for that. So I do definitely see where at just underscore Erica is coming from. But yeah, no, otherwise it is very unique and interesting and, and you know, something different for the time, which I, again, I, I wish would have led to more people appreciating this movie these days. But <laughs> <laughs> but apparently that's not the case for 20% of you. Um, so anyway, uh, thank you at just underscore Erica underscore. Appreciate the comment. Uh, and then lastly is a comment from, hopefully I say this okay, uh, at zip code. So that's Z-I-P-P-K-O-D-E. And they say, medium on the movie, but it got me to read the book, and the book is really good. I will have to take your word for it, because I have never read the book. Yeah. Uh, well, so, just like I was saying earlier, you know, I wanted to include this comic case. Yes, the book is fantastic. And I, I just love examples of, like, and this is why I love adaptations of novels like this. I just love examples where the movie is so good that people watch it and they go, I'm going to go read that book because more of us need to go read that book. Yeah. You know, I, sometimes I, maybe I'm wrong. I feel like reading's a fucking dying <laughs> thing in this culture where it's like the only thing we read now is fucking headlines. And, you know, I like stories of people going out and reading that book because the movie was so good. So That's how we felt about Odd Thomas. Yeah, so there you go. And that was a great book, too, and it made me cry. I cried <laughs> so much. Uh, so thank you at Zip Code for the comment. Appreciate it. And then, since it is the end of the month, as we always do, we like to put up a ranking of everything that we've talked about for the month, and just kind of where it falls on that ranking. So, this month we've talked about The Ruins, uh, The Incredible Melting Man, Society, and Videodrome. So, how would you rank this month, Chris? Okay, so I'm never watching any of these movies again. I already know that this <laughs> list is going to make me sigh so hard. <laughs> yep, because it's what I do. So my list is in order of the body horror creeps me out so much that the story can't even save it. I don't want to watch it again. So yeah. for me at number four is society. I don't ever want to fucking see that sex scene again. <laughs> Fair <laughs> I enough. hate it. Number three is Videodrome because Cronenberg. Um, we're not friends. It's fine. We know this. <laughs> um, surprisingly, number two for me is Incredible Melting Man. I love the effects in this film, and I love the weirdness of it, but I also kind of fall asleep when I watch this film. It's a slower movie. Yep. Yeah. Um, so obviously, for number one is The Ruins. I really fucking like this movie, even though I never want to see Stacy cut herself apart again. <laughs> You know, I, I'm glad to hear that because The Ruins was the one that I thought would get under your skin the most. Really? And yeah, because it is, it is the most violent of any of them. <laughs> it is. That's and, true. And, and in a way that's very cringy. So, yep. so I'm glad to hear that you liked it because mm -hmm. this was Chris's first time seeing it. So. Yep. It's my first time seeing a lot of these movies. <laughs> yeah. So my list is obviously very different. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, so Matt has taste. <laughs> so I have The Incredible Melting Man at the bottom. Uh, and keeping in yeah. mind, I enjoy all of these. Mm -hmm. uh, I have The Incredible Melting Man at the bottom. Great effects story not so much <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely of its time yep. you know and and i don't know that it holds up as well these days but i still enjoy it mm -hmm. uh old people stealing shit is always funny right and then the ruins again a movie i very much enjoy uh but that doesn't you know resonate with me too far beyond after having watched it mm -hmm. uh and then society because again you know society really does come down to that finale i think it's one of the most mind-blowing finales in horror period it is in film period it is i never want to see it again uh, like those, those last 20 minutes are just a whole lot of holy fucking shit what am i watching and it honestly astounds me that this movie 
didn't gain more traction after it released because of that ending alone. Plus, it's just become very relevant in the way that it represents the rich, and I love yeah. it for that. So, And then, of course, my top pick is Videodrome, uh, just because I think that... Cronin, f- bitch. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love Cronenberg, all right? Like, Cronenberg has always been a top five director for me. I used to sort of see myself, in, in terms of my writing, like Cronenberg. Uh, I've written many things that were inspired by his work uh, and inspired by Videodrome. Um, so... <laughs> So this movie's just always really resonated with me. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense in some ways, you know, but but I think it's very cool for that. I've always loved the effects. I love the t- I love the style of it. I love the atmosphere of it. I hate James Woods, uh, but everything <laughs> else is great. So, <laughs> um, so, so no, I, I think that's a vastly important film that's just continued to become more and more relevant, and it's genius. So, yep. <laughs> so, so that's our rankings. And then, of course, we always have our uh, list of what's coming out for the week. So... Not a whole lot to get thrilled about this week. Uh, first up is a film called Where the Scary Things Are from director Harrison Smith. Comes to VOD on the 28th. Uh, I don't know much about this one. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, from what I understand, though, it's kind of about like kids who sort of find this urban legend and like trap it. And then I think they're like feeding people to it or something like oh, that. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, so it looks – the thing I will say about it is watching the trailer like – you know, I'm not sure how great the movie will be, but the effects look really good from what I can tell from the trailer. Like, the nice. creature looks pretty cool. So so if you're in the monster movies, I think it's maybe worth a look. Check mm-hmm. out the trailer, see if you're interested. Uh, and then lastly is a film called The Passenger, which is coming to VOD on the 28th. And uh, this is a film that I... Um, and, and this is a film that I have seen that I mostly enjoyed. It's basically about a... A group of people that are kind of pitching a ride together with this not not an uber driver i i don't know what you i don't know what the term for it is but this driver that's driving this group of women uh, like four hours away or something like that and anyway during this trip they encounter this woman who is infected with something and it turns out she's got like this alien creature inside of her oh, shit. and then they're dealing with basically like this alien invasion so to speak um, so this one, it, it follows a lot of kind of tropes, you know, it, so it doesn't really do a lot that surprises you necessarily. Uh, I was kind of off put by the fact that the, you know, that, that the main protagonist is this sort of like misogynistic dude, <laughs> uh, that they're making out to kind of be, you know, more heroic. And so like, Ew. you know, so, so I was kind of off put by some elements of it, but it does kind of have a little bit of that vibe of like a classic alien invasion movie, you know, like it feels kind of out of the eighties a little bit with the just super foggy atmosphere and the style and the kind of like B movie camp of it. Uh, the effects are really fun. You know, they definitely, (laughs) they definitely put all of the like slime and goo into this movie (laughs) that they could. Uh, so, so it's very like slimy gooey alien kind of throwback in a sense um that that i enjoyed but just wasn't blown away by so uh so you can check that out if you'd like again on vod on the 28th you can also read my review for the passenger on killerhorrorcritic.com uh otherwise not too much that you know i really saw out there coming this week but uh hopefully you end up finding interest in one of those that you can enjoy 
Uh, otherwise, that's going to do it for us on The Ruins and our Body Horror Month. So we have not yet uh, picked our topic for next month. We'll have a poll going up on that this week that you can vote on. Uh, otherwise, that's going to do it for us. So I'm Matt. And I'm Chris. And have a great night, horror fans. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of Killer Horror Critic. If you'd like to scream with us some more, please subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Killer From Space, as well as Instagram at Killer underscore Horror underscore Critic. New episodes release every Friday, so keep your eyeballs peeled just the way I like them. Have a good night, horror fans.